What up, querying writers? It's me, Blair, here with episode 12 of The Query Show. I've been excitedly sifting through all of the queries, trying to vary it up in genre as usual, and so today we're going to do some YA contemporary and some contemporary romance. As I mentioned, I'm always looking for a variety of genres, so especially if you're writing speculative fiction, by which I mean sci-fi and fantasy or romance, submit me a query at thequeryshow.com for future episodes. Anyway, shoutouts to Victoria and Bridget, whose queries are on the show today, and we're going to dive right in with Victoria's. Okay, so you know the drill. I'll read the whole query and then give my notes paragraph by paragraph. Dear Agent, I'm currently seeking representation for my contemporary YA novel, I Will Find You, complete at 85,000 words. It combines the breakneck pace and gripping plot twist of Allie Carter with the wild, passionate prose and dizzying emotion of Jandy Nelson. She'll die if she doesn't find him. He'll die if she does. 16-year-old dancer Hope Sanderson swore not to care for anything or anyone in Spain, the country in which her pushover dad and imperious mother are holding her hostage. To fall in love with Lyo, the hot lifeguard sculptor, in just four weeks should be ruled out by the law of the impossible. Impossible, like the police's explanation after Lyo's disappearance. Impossible, like getting rid of the baby that is growing inside her. Impossible, like not risking everything to find him. But Lyo can't risk being found. His father entrusts him with some incriminating files on an organization seconds before he is murdered. Nine months from now, Lyo will have to submit them to a court. Until then, he must disappear without a trace or risk being the next person silenced. With the help of a network of squatter hacktivists, he manages to escape. After nine Crusoe-esque months hiding in the mountains, Lyo returns to Madrid only to find that the case has been dismissed and that the evidence his father obtained is insufficient. Now, his only way of reuniting with Hope and getting out alive is to infiltrate the dangerous organization and track down the evidence himself. What Lyo doesn't expect is that Hope's own search will cause them to collide at the very heart of the organization, jeopardizing the investigation, their lives, and the lives of all those they hold dear. A longtime expatriate myself, I've just returned to the breathtaking mountains where this story takes place. My latest book, written for author, has been translated into three languages, with its rights having been acquired in the USA, UK, Spain, India, and Russia. A film group is packaging three of my screenplays, one based on this manuscript. Per your submission guidelines, I've pasted the first 50 pages of my manuscript and a synopsis at the bottom of this email. Thank you for your time and consideration. All right, so back to the top. Paragraph one, we hear about the novel's title and its word count, plus some comps. Now, this is a great summary, but as you may know if you've listened to the show, I am a strong advocate for just diving straight in with the plot and waiting until the agent is fully invested in the characters and the what happens next to get to the more businessy aspects. So move this after the plot summary, I say. Also, I'm seeking representation as a phrase. It goes without saying, this is a query. You don't have to worry about specifying that. Now we get to Hope Sanderson and Lyle. She'll die if she doesn't find him. He'll die if she does. So this is high stakes from the get-go, life and death. We also have a good introduction to our protagonist, Hope, where she is and what she wants. But there are a few things that I don't quite understand here. First of all, holding her hostage relative to her parents is in scare quotes, and presumably her parents aren't literally holding her hostage then. So what are they doing with her there? School? Vacation? Something else? We need more information. 
Next, these four weeks. I'm not clear what happens when. Is she only in Spain for four weeks? Is she already in love with Laia when she arrives? There isn't a clear trajectory here, and we need that established in order to understand more fully why she'd risk everything to find him. And to that end, what is everything for Hope? What matters? What is she putting on the line? After that, this law of the impossible. Now, if the impossible is both holding her back from falling in love, and it's the nature of the police's explanation of his disappearance, that implies those are both happening at once. Basically, the phrasing confuses the timeline. Furthermore, I don't quite understand what the law of the impossible is. It's in scare quotes again, so I feel like I missed something. Now, more generally in this paragraph, what is the connection between her being held hostage and her falling in love? I don't see quite enough of a cause and effect there. How does she meet Lyo, and how does that relate to her situation of being held hostage? We just need to see more how these two facts exert influence on each other. Finally, I'm just generally not a fan of putting an italicized tagline in a query letter. They don't really introduce the plot as such, and they're easily skipped over, so I just omit. Now we learn more about Lyo and his incriminating files, plus what happened to his father. I mean, super intriguing. There's incriminating files, hiding out, hacktivists, everything is building. My big source of confusion in this paragraph is just the timeline again. We're learning about Lyo in the present tense, but then we get before he is murdered, meaning his father, and a nine months from now. I just don't have a handle on when the now of the narrative is. Is it after his father's murder? Is it leading up to it? The query needs to be more consistent in its verb tenses and spelling out of the timeline in order to avoid losing the reader. Next, he has the nine Crusoe-esque months hiding in the mountains, returns to Madrid, and tries to reunite with Hope. Again, I'm just lost on the timeline. There's nine months reappearing, but I don't know when that is happening relative to the now of the narrative. But moreover, this query has shifted focus a bit. Lyo now seems like the protagonist, which maybe he is. It could be a dual point of view book or just alternating between the two of them, even if it's told in third person. But that's not clear. And I'm not really sure he is a protagonist, given the phrase, what Lyo doesn't expect, that's necessarily telling the reader something he can't know, or at least that he doesn't know for most of the book, which would imply we're not in his head. Hope has gotten lost too. If she is the protagonist, or even one of two protagonists, we need more about her arc. She's pregnant, which definitely brings with it an inherent evolution to her situation, because she's going to get closer and closer to term. So what happens? And relative to her search, what is she doing to search? It would seem like she's really trapped by her parents in one place, but maybe not. Maybe she can go out and look for stuff. With a story this sprawling and ambitious, it's sometimes just very hard to pare down to the bones of the conflict and the overall hook. And like, not to toot my own horn or anything, but this is a story that I think could benefit from trying out the query workbook on thequeryshow.com because I designed it to help expedite and sort of systematize that paring down process, because it's really not easy. <laughs> and of course, anyone else interested can download it on the website too. Next, we have the bio paragraph with these pretty impressive writing credits and the synopsis and first 50 pages included. This is all great. A little bit about where the author lives, some background on their writing, and following the submission guidelines, presumably. That's always very important. Just make sure, and this goes for everyone, to cut or alter that line if you're querying different agents to make sure you are actually following their individual guidelines. Thanks, Victoria.
Next up is Bridget's. Thanks, Bridget. Dear Agent, I would like to submit for your consideration Enemies by Nature, a 69,000-word adult contemporary romance. Fans of this novel will likely also appreciate Manhunting by Jennifer Cruzy and Attachments by Rainbow Rowell. Aaron has been dreading this trip for months. Nothing could be more brutal than three weeks with his ex-fiance Madison at Camp Hiawatha Nature Retreat for divorcees. All he really wants is that $30,000 he paid for his half of the program back in his bank account. But the only way to get it is for them both to show and prove that further therapy would be useless. Barb desperately needs some girl time. Adopting a kid as a singleton in the city has been an uphill battle. Luckily, Madison, her old co-pilot from college years, has offered to take Barb to Camp Hiawatha Nature Retreat for three luxurious weeks away from the city hustle. Only when Barb is alone on the bus to camp, perched next to a seething, spurned Aaron, do her circumstances become clear. Realizing Madison has played them false, Aaron and Barb have a choice to make. Can they be the worst couple therapy has ever encountered? Between campfires and canoe trips, Barb and Aaron must keep their story straight for love or money. I am a corporate veal Monday through Friday, turning to fiction in all of its forms to feel my heart beat. My Minnesota home keeps me defrosting by the fire most of the year, fingers nimbly poised for my next literary adventure. Thank you for your consideration, author. All right, back to the beginning. So again, we start with, I would like to submit for your consideration and the rest of the information about the book. Now, the meta paragraph has all the right info. But again, as with the first query on this show, I just move it later. And remember, verbiage like I would like to submit for your consideration isn't necessary. It's a query letter, and that's what query letters are for. Also, a tiny note, which is really just visible on the printout, but I think autocorrect overzealously altered Jennifer Cruzy, which is the author's actual name, to Jennifer Cruz, like related to Tom. So just a good place to human check, too. So we start off meeting Aaron, who's going to this hilarious nature retreat for divorcees that was very expensive, and he wants his money back. I think this premise is hilarious. The idea of a nature retreat for divorcees is a great caricature of sort of therapy in the woods that's really expensive. And with Aaron, we've got a very clear goal, get that money back. However, the motivation isn't exactly there. If Aaron's the kind of guy who can drop 30 grand on camp, why is he so desperate to get it back? He could be really rich. But a quick mention of his current financial situation or whatever else is motivating him to get the cash back can remedy that. Then when it comes to conflict, I think we could get a little more. Again, we can presume that this is going to be no easy task, pretending to be a terrible couple, but we don't know that. I'd suggest one final line here to the effect of, easier said than done when, insert obstacles and conflicts here, just to really round it out. Next up, we meet Barb. Barb is also going to the nature retreat, but she doesn't really know what it's about. So this is not a fun situation for her, but I think it will be very funny. A few nitpicks, though. First, if she's just adopted a kid, is she then leaving the kid behind for a weekend? It doesn't quite track that she'd work so hard to adopt and then immediately escape. Or if she hasn't adopted yet, that needs to be made clear. Second, was Madison literally her co-pilot in a flying sense or more of a wingwoman sense? I just need that spelled out. I think the word choice is throwing me off. And in this final line, her circumstances become clear. They don't actually feel very clear to me. Is Madison coming with, or has Madison pulled a bait and switch and sent Barb to the camp in her place on the pretense that this was going to be their girls' weekend? I think that's what's happening. So I'd suggest the author add a colon to the end of that last sentence and elucidate further, to wit. Her circumstances become clear, colon, Barb is playing the angry ex instead of Madison. Now Aaron and Barb have their choice to make. Can they actually pull this off? Now, I can imagine all kinds of hijinks going down in this pretense. 
It seems like it's poised for tons of wackiness. Pretending to be a couple that's breaking up, it's really funny. But I want to know more about how it develops. First, I don't quite understand the circumstances of this choice they have to make. Barb could just leave, presumably, so what's keeping her there? Is Aaron offering to split the cash with her, for example? What's the carrot? And on Aaron's side, he seems very determined to get his money back, so what's the flip side of his choice? Then there's this line about the campfires and canoe trips, which sounds very much like the fun and games part of this book. And that's great! But I want this plot summary to go just a little further. First, I'm not quite sure what for love or money means in this context. Are they falling for each other? That's what I'm guessing, and it would certainly complicate things in an amusing way if you're falling for someone you're pretending to be breaking up with. But I'm not 100% sure that's what's going on because the author doesn't really mention that they're falling for each other. Second, I want one more beat of emotional ramp up. This is the, but when X, they'll have to Y. What unexpected wrench gets thrown into their best laid plan? How does that challenge those internal arcs, their internal misbeliefs? Especially if this is going to be a love story, we need the heat turned up. Not in a sexy way, although maybe that too, but in a plot tension way. Now we have the bio paragraph, a little bit about the defrosting by the Minnesota fire. It's a good solid summary of this author's experience. But I feel super out of the loop for asking. I just don't know what a corporate veal is. Is that slang? Am I like super, super dated? I just might be a little less obtuse there, and I'm going to go on Urban Dictionary after this to figure it out for myself. Also, I might dial back the pithiness just a touch in this bio paragraph. I think it's better to use that fun language in the plot summary, but keep your biographical info more towards the business-like of things. You really want the agent to be falling for your story, and although your experience is great, it's not the place to use all of your fun. Thanks so much, Bridget. This sounds really fun. That's it, episode 12. Thanks again for listening. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you like the show and want to be on the show, go to thequeryshow.com. That's a lot of saying the word show in a row, and that rhymes. And click on submit a query for the show, again, <laughs> where you can find a forum to upload your query, give me some info about you, and you'll get added to the queue. As I said before, there are a couple genres I'm looking for, but all genres are welcome. I do try to pair them up so that it's more thematic from episode to episode. Also on the website are the copies of each query, which you can get if you join us as a Patreon supporter so you can read along, and I have some great upcoming bonus episodes on the Patreon. So in addition to Amy Lucido, middle grade author, with whom I am going to do a deep dive on her previous unsuccessful queries, and Jessica Sinsheimer, literary agent and one of the forces behind the Manuscript Wishlist and the Manuscript Academy, I have Rachel Lynn Solomon, who's an accomplished author and is a mentor for Pitch Wars. So if you're interested in Pitch Wars at all and want to hear more about it, that is definitely not a conversation to be missed. So you can find all of that from the Query Show website or patreon.com slash the Query Show. And I think that's it, you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I hope you keep listening. Peace out. Mm-hmm.